I think that single people put a lot of emphasis on things that can change and that are ebb and flow. So I talk with them about that and say, you know, don't do that. Let's focus on character. For example, when I met my husband in our, and we were in our 20s and we got married, he was actually an atheist. In June of 2021, he had a heart attack and he is now a practicing Christian. What if I would have said, oh, I'm, I'm not going to marry somebody who isn't a Christian? What if I would have said that like back then? That's an example of how one impactful traumatic circumstance can change part of your personality. Welcome to the Asian Dating Podcast. I'm your host, May Bugenhagen. I am the founder of Two Asian Matchmakers, a boutique matchmaking company that helps men of all ethnicities who want to date Asian women. I'm always on the lookout for quality Asian women to match my great guys. I know my next guest here is Amanda Hood. She's not Asian. She doesn't deal with just Asian singles, but she deals with a lot of singles in general. So I figured that my audience would appreciate her insight. So let me introduce Amanda to you. And I'm just taking the bio straight out of her uh, website. So this is what she says. And I quote, I am utterly passionate about getting to know my clients and having a keen vision for who makes the perfect match. I have been a college professor and small business owner and consultant for the past 15 years. Equipped with superb communication skills and service techniques, my comfort is in delighting my clients. When you are happy, I am happy. With my ability to successfully guide my clients throughout this amazing experience, I have a knack for connecting personalities that complement one another. Having several long-term relationships, partnerships, engagements, and marriages under my professional belt, I understand what it takes to recognize a relationship that has the potential for longevity, particularly since I have been happily married almost 20 years myself. I will help you feel comfortable enough to mention all the little extra things that make you, you, and I am ecstatic to be able to make those extras shine through in your character. With you and I as a relationship creating team, you can focus on what is truly important in your life, albeit your job, your friends, or your family. You can relax and sit back. I will do the rest. Wow, what a great introduction. How are you, Amanda? (laughs) I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me, May. That was like so weird to hear somebody else <laughs> saying that. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's a lot of information, I know, but I tell me a little bit and tell the audience a little bit about how you got started and who you like to serve and enjoy serving and helping. Okay. Um, so I will be a matchmaker going on seven years uh, in January. And um I, I mean, it probably like, uh, I, I know that you have something that's very niche and I think that that's really very, very cool. I would say if I'm being completely honest with myself, I am a mid forties Midwestern woman. You know, I'm, I'm a mom. I've been married for a long time. Um, I have, Midwestern values. My husband is from a farming family. Like I, I guess I would say I probably resonate with somebody who is similar to me as we all probably resonate the most with somebody who is similar to us. But honestly, I, I mean, in all the years that I've been matchmaking, there has maybe been one client 
coach that I can think of where I'm like, oh, I would throw him back. But other than that, I really do love my clients. I love working with people who especially are in a space where they feel like they don't know what else to do. And I know that that's strange because probably a lot of matchmakers don't like to help those people that that come to them with some sort of sense of insecurity or desperation or anxiety or fear that they're never going to find their partner. But I actually do really like to get those clients because um, I I like to take their their journey and help turn it around, whatever that looks like. That that means that success equates to finding their spouse. But really, a lot of times success equates to finding themselves. So I like to be a part of that. So tell me, Amanda, I know you said in your bio that you've been married um, about 20 years. What have you learned in your marriage in the last 20 years that you can kind of carry it on and help your clients with their dating? Oh my gosh. That is a great question. And there's so many things. I would say um, we could start with like some basic stuff. Like I'm five foot eight and my husband is five foot nine. So first of all, we have to talk about the heightism issue that's going on in this country. Ladies, you don't need, you really do not need a man who is six foot tall. And believe me, I was like the biggest height snob of all time because I am a tall woman. I'm five, eight, and that is tall. And you've met me in real life. And when I'm in heels, I'm like five, 10, five, 11. And so that was something that was, I felt important. Um, but obviously at the end of the day, I remember with my husband thinking, wow, am I not going to be with this really amazing man over a pair of shoes? Is that real? Am I really going to not be with him over shoes? And when you put it into those terms and you look at it like that, it's just so stupid. So that's number one. Number two, I mean, really like sacrificing. And that word, I feel like can sometimes have such a negative um, connotation, but change it and make it be, um, make it be a word that symbolizes strength. Because if you love someone enough to sacrifice things that you, that you thought were important to be able to relish in what they provide to you that really is truly important, you will find happiness in that space. And we all have to make some sort of sacrifice to have a healthy, sustainable marriage. The end. Don't let somebody tell you that they've never had to sacrifice and they're actually in a happy marriage because I swear to God, that is the biggest lie. So I like to tell people that your healthiest marriages are 80-20, where you have 80% of what you love and adore and 20% of what you tolerate. And that is where your happy space is. So a lot of that is, is sacrifice and, and tolerance and patience. Patience is really important, but also um, respect for one another and, and encouragement. My husband's never said, you know, I, you can't do this or you can't do that. I mean, I left a, a job where I was a six figure earner, which is very scary to just like walk away from something like that and start your own company. 
And there was not a moment where he said, don't do that or was discouraging it anyway. It was go for it. I believe in you. So, um, you know, rising, helping your partner rise up. That's really important. So um, I know that I could go on and on. Actually, I'm like, holy crap, I'm thinking of a, a mental list. So I don't want to keep going forever. But there's a lot that you learn after being married for <laughs> two decades. So what if you work with a client and he or she is so stuck on the superficial stuff? How do you get them over the hump where they realize, you know what, you're right. These little superficial stuff doesn't matter. Like key life values matter the most. Like how do you get them to see the bigger picture? Well, luckily for me, I have been married so long that I actually have a lot of stories. So I use my own stories. Um, a perfect example is things that like, I always tell my clients, I match on character. Our characters are our morals, ethics, and values. That is set by age seven. The end, you're done. Um, psychology tells us this. There's nothing else you're going to do. That's your character. Congratulations. Your parents are they've completed their job. From that point on, the only thing that's going to shift is personality. So personality is something, though, that can change throughout our life based off of so many different factors. Our peers, classmates co-workers, friend groups at the time, boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse that we have at the time, um, even like learning something new. You can read a book and change your mindset about something. You can fall down a rabbit hole that you never thought you'd ever fall down and it can change your whole personality. And that's why people put so much emphasis on things that are ever-changing that shift throughout our lives. For example, when I met my husband in our, and we were in our 20s and we got married, he was actually an atheist. On, in June of 2021, he had a heart attack and he is now practicing Christian. What if I would have said, oh, I'm, I'm not gonna marry somebody who isn't a Christian. What if I would have said that like back then? And, but he is now. So once that's an example of how one impact traumatic circumstance can change part of your personality. So I think that single people put a lot of emphasis on things that can change and that are ebb and flow. So I talk with them about that and say, you know, don't do that. Let's focus on character. Do you feel like our jobs throughout the years that we've been doing this, you know, seven, 14, whatever years that we've been doing this, that sometimes people want to find the right partner and they have good intentions to find the right partner, but they just were never taught it. Like your parents don't sit you down and say, these are the kinds of men that you should date. These are the kind of men you should avoid. These are the kind of men you should not sleep with or whatever that may be, men and women. Like we just don't have the support system that maybe we want or can have to have a successful relationship. Like our friends who are also single and dating horrible guys are giving us advice when we're in our 20s or 30s. So what kind of advice would you give a 20 or 30 something year old person that wants to date healthily? Well, I am a very firm believer in the in coaching. 
a very firm believer in the dynamic of coaching and having somebody who is a life coach or relationship coach or dating coach, however you call it, or whatever your terms, on your side and in your court and part of working with you through your dating journey. Because here is the real truth. There is, everything is theoretical. There is no right or wrong approach. And there is no right or wrong way to date necessarily, because what one person might find very unattractive and be turned off by, another person might find very attractive and be turned on by. So you can't necessarily say, this is wrong and this is not how it should be done, right? Um, with the understanding, of course, that like you're not trying to physically hurt a person or something. Um, so that being said, I would say definitely get yourself a good dating coach, somebody that you resonate with, somebody that you feel really good about the rapport between you and your coach, somebody that you feel like you can trust and allow them to help guide you through your dating journey. Because somebody who has been single and you know unmarried for 35 years or 40 years isn't exactly a worse dater than somebody like myself who's been married for 20 years. And let's pretend I got divorced today. May, dating apps didn't even exist when I was single. I would be a terrible dater right now. I would get a coach immediately and I'm not playing. I would get a therapist and I would get a coach. I would have myself a little team and I would really work hard on my dating strategies, tools and techniques and my building of self-awareness. I, even though I'm trained in this, I still would be doing that because I'm smart enough to know that I've been with my husband so long that that's become part of my identity. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I would need to work on recreating myself. So honestly, the advice is going to come from who is that single person? Let's talk about where they've been in their, in their dating history and where they want to go. And then I would work on curating their experience from there and determine what I think that they would need to move forward successfully and find their partner and draw their partner to them. Yeah, I agree. I agree that someone should get a therapist or a date coach. And sometimes it's maybe, you know what, this is a great dating coach for me right now. But after some experiences, you might want to get another dating coach and see yeah. where they're coming from. Because kind of like when you're watching like Sex in the City, like you watch mm -hmm. it in your 20s, but it's totally different when you rewatch it again in your 30s, right? Like you get different messages yeah. and same thing with movies and things like that. So it's like if you get a date coach now, you might need a different kind of date coach later, but it doesn't yeah. hurt to get different point of views. It's no different than reading different books on a certain topic by different authors, right? I think that that's wonderful. And I totally agree. It's like going to a different family photographer each year to get a different photo shoot. You're still getting, you can go to the exact same spot, the exact same Christmas tree farm every single year at Christmas time and just hire a different photographer. And it will every single year. Your card will always look different. Because photographers have their own style because it is an art and coaching is an art. These things that 
are not black or white are an art form. So I think it's really vital what you said is being open to other points of view. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So Amanda, what is your biggest challenge coaching people now? What do you find that makes your job extra tough? That's interesting. I would say, oh my gosh, it's like that. I feel like this is going to sound terrible to say. I I would never actually call my job extra tough. Um, I I feel like I'm really intuitive, and I think that it it comes quite naturally to me. I would say I do coach with a lot of honesty and transparency. That is not every coach's approach. I also incorporate consulting and advising, which a lot of coaches don't do. And it's kind of a no-no a lot of times in the coaching world, but it just goes against like every fiber of my being to not give my client some sort of tool or technique or strategy of some sort to help kind of like move them along. So I've always found myself to be more of a consultant. Um, and I, I use the words interchangeably for sure, but I mean, it's really, I, I don't have a ton of pain points to be honest with you. I, I, I keep things incredibly transparent, very candid with my clients and I tell them that right out of the gate. So I guess maybe, maybe that would be the biggest hurdle is finding the clients that want what I'm providing to them as well, because I'm not just like an agreeance doll. I'm not just going to be like, yes, yeah. true. You're right. Absolutely. Like, I don't just like give them all the feels because if, if I feel like you're not deserving of all of these feels, you need to be in these other feels for a moment while I tell you exactly what it is that you have done that isn't appropriate or a path shouldn't be going down. I'm going to tell them that. So, so a lot of people appreciate it. Some don't. <laughs> so when you recommend that people should get a therapist and a dating coach, can you tell me specifically what's the difference between the two in your mind? Um, not to be confusing. I don't actually like say to people, you need a therapist. Mm -hmm. I do not do that. I think maybe in almost seven years, I've asked one person, are you currently in therapy who I felt very strongly needed to be? But I, so I asked the question, but I did not say you need to be. Mm -hmm. I just asked, are you? Okay. Because I'm not qualified to say if someone needs to be in therapy. Right. So um, just putting that out there, like I am not a therapist. I do not. I mean, my undergrads in computer science. I am not a psychologist. I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a social worker. I am not a marriage counselor. I am none of those things. So I really wouldn't be able to answer that question appropriately, I feel like. Okay. I thought you said people should get a therapist and a date coach. Like I, I do think that I said that if I got divorced today, I would have. Oh, I see. I see. And, and I would, I would have like a whole team. <laughs> I would have a therapist. I would have a date coach. I do think that people, I do think coaching is important. And I will stress that piece. I do think that somebody should have on their side, a dating coach, 
slash relationship coach slash singles coach, whatever somebody is, is termed or life coach. I think that that's important. But on the therapy side of things, that's just something I would do personally. Do you think um, men are a little hesitant to hire a dating coach because of the word coach? Would they prefer someone be called a dating consultant or what's another term that we can use that would make men more apt to hire a dating coach? Hmm. It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's all men. I mean, I currently have some clients right now that are not, um, I'm not matchmaking for them. I'm, I'm only their coach and they're all men. Mm -hmm. So, so they see the benefit in it and they don't seem to have too much pride around it. But then I do have some men that say, oh, that's not something that I need. I don't, I, I know you've heard this a million times, May. Like, I don't have any problem actually dating. I actually don't have a problem dating. I actually don't have a problem picking up women. I don't have a problem with this or that. The only reason that I need you to help me is because I'm so busy. Right. And I just need you to put people in front of me, you know, that are quality. But I could, I mean, I just, I don't have a dating issue. Um, so, of course, we we do hear that. Um, I mean, but I hear it from women, too. I do. So, I wouldn't say that it's male-specific. But that is a good question. Like if we're going to come up with another term other than like dating coach, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. And I don't know if it would make any difference or not, but what would you think? I don't know. I, it seemed like um, men like the words leader, leadership. So it's like, how do I encompass that? Like, do you want to be a date leader? I don't know. I, I Or a wing woman. Does that sound too like you know, that sounds like you're going out with them to bars and helping. Right. Them. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really like it. Maybe coming up with a word that maybe a concierge, but then that sounds so like, sounds like an escort. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe people can put the comments under the YouTube channel here where, I you love know, that would it make men feel differently about dating coaching if they need it and want to hire somebody or do they want to just hire a matchmaker and then we don't say we date coach them we just say yeah after every date we talk about the date like that sounds like harmless where they're more likely to talk to you maybe because I'm sure because they're not yeah. getting it from another guy they're not talking to their buddies over beers about their dates mm -hmm. last weekend, you know, they want to talk to somebody about it. So they do. That's true. And if they are talking to their buddies, they're probably not getting the best advice in the world. Exactly. Yeah. That's what at the bar. <laughs> what about advisor? A date advisor? Well, you know how they're they're quick to always go to financial advisors. Yeah. That's a very acceptable term, the word yeah. advisor. Right. Right. So I thought maybe a maybe a singles advisor. But that makes it sound like they're, they need help or something's wrong with them. So it's like, do you know what I mean? Like a financial advisor sounds like prestigious. So I don't know. I I'm curious. I, maybe I should ask no. some of my single guy friends what they think and yeah. see if they can come up with something. There's a Facebook post with which of these terms resonates the most with you. And then use like consultant, coach, advisor. Which, which 
which one would you be most likely to have a session with? Right. A right. date coach, a date advisor, a dating consultant, or a dating concierge? Uh, I feel like with my matchmaking clients, with my matchmaking clients, I feel like I just need to uh, date coach them in a just a phone conversation, kind of like sneak it in there. Like, hey, so you're getting ready for this date coming up. Do you have any mm -hmm. questions about her? And just keep it open. And maybe he'll ask me questions and then I could chime in like, hey, is there anything I can answer or chime in for you? I don't know, because it seems like people always have questions. They're just... They don't want to make an appointment to talk to me or pay me extra for the date coaching, but yeah. they appreciate the date coaching. If I just kind of talk to them about it after a date or something like date feedback. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now that is specific to a date, to an actual date right. versus like this one coaching client that I have. I, I had a session with him yesterday. It was his 10th session with me. I've had him for like five months, like two times a month. And he uses me more of, it's not related to a date. It's related to like his life as a single man mm -hmm. and his experiences with like different women that he's meeting on the apps and jet setting with like these different females and like rushing into things when he shouldn't be rushing into things. And like, it's more like focused on him and not focused on an actual dating experience with another person. Right. So kind of like being his uh, best girlfriend or something, just giving yeah. advice, but yes. you don't know him so well that you're going to be judging him. You're just listening yeah. to him. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, I feel like men would benefit from all this talking and communicating and for you to be like, wait, what did you do? How did you ask her out? Like, what did you text her? And like, just another point of view for him, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> there's there's a way that we need to, I agree with you. That would be good to market that in some other fashion. Um, because it is more like a best girlfriend kind of scenario, like exactly what you were saying, where the guys need somebody. They need somebody to talk to, they need somebody to tell. And it really can't be their guy friends at the bar. And it really shouldn't be their mama. <laughs> right, right. So you've been doing this for a while, uh, seven years, I think you said, right? Yeah, yeah, going on seven years. What does your husband think of you being a matchmaker and talking to all these single guys and single available guys? And you know what? I, I mean, I don't think he cares at all. He's never said anything about it. Um, I mean, I tell him like, obviously through the years, like he's heard some really funny stories. Um, I mean, I keep people confidential, obviously, but he hears like some funny stories and, um, and I have vented to him in the past when I have felt, you know, frustrated, like, what would you do if this scenario came about? Or what do you think of this or things like that? Um, and for a minute, I, I know that we've all done this, like, have you jumped on the dating apps, like created an account on the dating apps and like tried to like get on the dating apps before? Okay. So I've never been on a dating app as a real life single person. <laughs> and I've only been on the dating apps as a married matchmaker, like <laughs> moonlighting as like a single guy or whatever. Right. And, um, 
that was probably the weirdest thing. And, and I did like share that with my husband because I'm like, one time I was moonlighting as a single female and I'm like, these men, like, I had no idea. Like they're just coming out of the woodwork, like 40, like a day. And I, that was the most bizarre thing like that I had experienced. And I, I don't know. My husband's just not, he's not a jealous guy. He's a, he's a Capricorn. <laughs> he's just not, he's just not jealous at all. He's intrigued. He's yeah. intrigued. Yeah. He's, I mean, he thinks it's cool. He thinks I'm very good at it. He, he sees that it brings me a lot of joy. Um, and this is my fourth career. So, um, since we've been married, so it's nice for him to see like, and he's had the same career since he was 20. So it's nice for him to see that I do something that I really love and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. My husband also is not a mayor, uh, not a jealous person. And I do tell him some stories, but for most mm -hmm. part, we keep both of our careers pretty separate. Like I'm not yeah. going around asking him all these questions about his, you know, septic jobs and stuff like that. He's in uh, septic work. He puts in septic systems, but at the end of this year, he uh, wants to transition to flipping homes. So, oh, fun. Yeah. So he's been working on that and him and a buddy, they've been, you know, buying a few houses and flipping them. And so he's really enjoying that part, but we don't go around uh, sharing our work stories, but you yeah. know, it's, it's good that, um, I can't imagine having a jealous spouse. I know a matchmaker or a day coach. And can you imagine like that? You no, it would be exhausting. Yeah. yeah. It would be so exhausting. You know what though? I don't think any successful matchmaker has a jealous spouse. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, a lot of them in the industry. Yeah. It, I don't even think it can work really. Yeah. You really have to have a supportive spouse in a space like this, I think. So for the audience out there, I met Amanda in person at our Matchmakers Alliance Conference in Cancun a few months ago. So mm -hmm. Amanda, what did you learn one thing at the conference? that mm. you feel like you could share, whether it's work-related or people-related or matchmakers-related? Like, what is one thing that you felt like you got out of the conference that kind of like an aha moment for you? Mm. So I would say that what I really wanted to take away from it and what I did take away from it was in regards to marketing and it definitely was related to dynamic versus static marketing, such as the importance of like doing reels. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I am so lacking in, like terribly bad lacking in. And I'm not, I'm not an embarrassed person. I do. I, I mean, I'm an extrovert. I don't mind putting myself out there, but I just, I, I don't know what it is. I think I'm just like, I'm just super busy and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no way that I can keep up with doing something like that every single day. But I, I was in such admiration of the matchmakers who dedicated themselves to like doing these reels like every day. And I'm sure that when I start doing that, it'll just like go like that. But I mean, do you do them? No. I, um, I'm, I was 
very into the social media part uh, probably about a year ago. But then I like to think I, I create content. I don't really consume content. I try not to spend so much time on a TikTok app or YouTube, but I do like podcasts. I do like watching the videos. I do like having it in the back while I'm doing dishes or running errands and things like that. I try to always focus on some kind of learning stuff as I go, but you know what? You can watch any, any rom-com or whatever, and there's a life lesson. You could take notes and write it down and that could be a TikTok topic that you have, you know? I mean, Seriously, yep. it's anything. I know I asked you, hey, do you have any questions you want me to ask you on the podcast? And you're like, just have it go naturally. But you know what? Yeah. I do have a bunch of questions that I could fire off to a guest and just be like, okay, just answer all these dating questions, which I could do with you maybe a month later or something. But, yeah. Yeah. but I, I don't have the time to do all that um, social media stuff. But, you know, what we learned in at the Alliance conference, you can make these, um, content reels and shorts and things like that in a very, very, very quick manner. Now, like there's so many apps, like one click that we were talking about before stuff like that. But, but yeah, yeah, I guess it gets easier once you start doing more of it. Right. Well, that's the thing is that you have to actually start and then just like go and stay consistent with it. And that's the key. Consistency <laughs> is key. So that's really what that was my biggest takeaway was that I need to be like really doing that. And yeah. I need to focus on it and buckle down. But that's for every, um, every business out there, they could do better on their social media, they could hire somebody, they can get some help. So, yeah. or if you post these videos with advice or dating tips, I mean, there's so much advice you can give on there without mentioning your client's names, right? Like if yeah. you have a situation, you just talk to a client today and you're like, wow, that was one really good tidbit we were talking about. And then you just share it with everybody, right? Yeah. Like you're just always taking notes and always doing that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Actually, May, now that you just said that, it made me think of something. So I'm writing it down. <laughs> I'm like, wait, actually. Okay. Oh my God, that's funny. Okay. Before I let you go, what is one dating tip you can give to the audience? Something unique, something maybe that's worked for you, something you noticed recently, something that a client just noticed that you're like, oh, that would be lovely to share. What would that be? So, I will tell you something that I, I talked with um, I, a, another coaching client of mine recently. And I think that this is something that men sometimes struggle with because men tend to be extremely physically focused and sexually driven. So as a single man, single men tend to um, meet a woman and then start dating women and not all men, by the way, nothing is all men. Okay, guys, but some men will have sex with that woman and they will use sex as a determining factor about whether or not they want to commit to her. So sex is a, is one component, one part of the pie, the pie being girlfriend. Okay, because what's happening is is that he has sex with these women pretty early on within the first couple of weeks. 
And then he dates him for a few weeks and then it fizzles out because he finds out all of this information that he didn't want to find out that, that makes him not really want to be with this person. And then he's let down, like, what's wrong? Why do I keep attracting these same women? Well, because you're using sex as a part of your pie. So instead of doing that, turn it around, flip it in reverse and get to know her completely for about a month, go out on several dates have lots of conversations, get to know her and all of those pie pieces. And then when the pie is full, then decide that you're going to sleep together. And then it's just like, you know, the whipped cream on top. It's the bonus because it had nothing to do with whether or not you were deciding on if she is your person. Like first decide, I really like this person. This is somebody that I would like to potentially commit to. And then have an intimacy with them instead of using intimacy as a factor. So we're working on doing that in the reverse order. And I think that that's really good advice for some people. Wouldn't you say that's what women want anyway? Like they want to get to know you and then get to the intimacy part, not well, let me see. Totally. I mean, good. yeah, we can't speak in absolutes because right. not everybody's the same, but yes. I mean, I would say that most women really want you to get to know them with some sort of depth and learn about them and know about the, you know, their, their background and their history and their habits and their communication styles and, and all of those things first. Um, but it doesn't always go down that way. Right. And and things happen on both ends and people go on a couple dates and people and chemistry is at play and sometimes alcohol is at play and other things are at play and things happen. I'm not judging, but it really needs to stop being used as a determining factor about whether or not to get into a relationship with somebody and then find out, you know, weeks or a couple of months or whatever down the road. Oh, wow. We had really good sex, but that was all that we had. In the women that you're coaching now, when do they expect to sleep with the guy? Like, is it third date? Is it fifth date? I mean, do they have a certain number in mind? So it's funny that you say that because we're going back to everything's theoretical, right? And different people have different theories on this. It really depends on your level of comfort. And I don't think that there is like one just tried and true rule that is going to work perfectly fine for everyone. It also depends on like how well, how long you knew that person before you started dating them. What happens if like they were your coworker for three years and then you start dating, you might find yourself sleeping together a little faster because you have all of this history already. So I, I don't want to necessarily say that there's something that has to be like the actual rule, but let's just pretend that you're meeting somebody at stranger level. Like you did not know them and they did not know you. Um, I would say, you know, give it like at least six dates and, and then, then go from there. That would be what I would do. I feel like when I was dating in my twenties, that it was the third date that you usually kissed or you slept together. So maybe I was just kissing and sleeping together are very different. May <laughs> <I know. laughs> so we either kissed or had 
sucks. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> Maybe it was. Yeah, kissing on the third date was pretty common. Yeah. But also, right. I feel like all my girlfriends were sleeping with the guys on the third date. So maybe we were just sluttier back then. And it depends, like, it depends on how quickly you get to that third date, right? And how much talking there is in between. Now that, like, I'm in my mid-40s and I think to myself, okay, if I was divorced today, it would take me a while to get on three dates because I'm just, like, I'm busy. Well, I don't, I have three kids. I have a full-time job. Like, I'm not going out. I don't, not available to go out every single night. So, three dates would probably equate to, you know, almost a month. And then we have a lot of talking that we're doing and maybe potentially FaceTiming and getting to know each other. So we're building. So it really depends on uh, where your life is. What about people who have no kids? Mm -hmm. Uh, How, you know, I have no pets. I have no kids. And well, now they've gone out on three dates within a week. They're going to be at a different spot in a month. Right. So that's why it's kind of hard to like put an actual number on it. But um, I don't know. I feel like, and who knows? Cause it, it's all different when you're in that situation. Right. But I also feel like as we get older, we know who we're looking for more. So you have a better read on somebody. So with someone in their fifties and sixties sleep with someone earlier because they feel like, Oh, I have a better judge of character on somebody. And they're not necessarily looking to get married. They're just looking to have a, you know, intimate relationship with someone. Partnership. No. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a factor also. Yeah. Um, if you were single today, do you think you would know exactly what you want? Or do you think you would be rigid? Or do you think I... that you would be really more open-minded? I feel like I would know more about what's important, like, you know, the key life values and the things like that better. I wouldn't yeah. so superficial on the height stuff. I wouldn't, I mean, I've never superficial on the height. I mean, I'm five, six. I've gone out with a guy who is five, six. Um, you know, my husband happens to be six, one, which is great, but sometimes it's like straining to like kiss him, you know, my neck. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not all roses just because someone is tall. And I believe that shorter guys try harder. Like the taller guys yeah. have it easy. Like they just have chicks going after them all the time. Now I is hard. Like why won't women understand that? But oh. I feel like, um, because I'm a matchmaker and in this business for 14 years now that I would be more open. I would um, be more, uh, I would overlook some things because that's just not really important. Or maybe where I'm at right now, financially, I'm doing well that I don't need to find a guy who makes a lot of money because I have my own money. I don't need to marry someone for money, you know, just like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot to think about, but. Things change. Yeah, for sure. Things change for sure as, as we grow and as we age and it's interesting how I do see some people become more rigid and some people become more open. And I'm sure you've had those clients who come in and they have like no criteria and it's too broad. Yeah. Like they're trying to like be yeah. completely open and they're trying to give you full reign and they're trying to like 
not control the situation and just relinquish control to you, which is great. But you're like, I have, I, there's too many people here. We have nothing to go on. Right. Right. I know. I you're know. like, I'm just going to let, you know, it's just a God thing. Whoever you bring to me, I'm, just, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> we're going to narrow it down. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for your time today. It was so much fun chatting with you and I'll put all of your contact information in the show notes. And uh, ladies out there, please get in my Rolodex. I set up a lot of people. I'm always looking for quality women to set up with men across the US. And it could actually be a client that I um, don't service, but another matchmaker services. And if you're in my database, then I can find you. So check me out at twoasianmatchmakers.com. And thank you, Amanda, for your time. And I appreciate okay. all of your fun insights. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.